The following is the English translation of Pastor Mong Wu's teaching on the Book of Leviticus, chapter fifteen to seventeen, translated by Ray. Read the Bible every day, so you will be full of faith. So today we are going to read Leviticus chapter fifteen to seventeen. So there are a lot of content in these three chapters, but there's only one core topic, which is to know the power of the precious blood. In chapter fifteen, to tell us that there are many behaviors in our life that will actually drain away our lives. So we have to keep seeing that how this precious blood can bring us life, and so that we will know how to access the power of precious blood, so that we can always be provided. Our our life will not be drained. Away, in chapter sixteen, the most important thing is about the days of atonement, and the day of atonement is that we through the precious blood of Jesus Christ that we can draw near to Him with confidence to receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. So chapter sixteen actually is the most important chapter in Torah that is related to gospel. And later on in chapter sixteen, you will see that wow, we as a New Testament era Christian, we are so blessed that today we can come and pray at all time, and we can come in front of Jesus, and we can seek the help from the Holy Spirit. But that's not true for the Old Testament people. On at that time, only the high priest can enter into the holy of Holies once a year, and they need to be very careful. But today, through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, that the veil is torn, so that I can come to the Lord directly. And this is the whole meaning of the gospel, and it's also something that we need to preach and talk about. Through the power of the gospel, we can see how the precious blood of Jesus transformed our life. And next, in chapter seventeen, is to tell us that we shall not eat blood. Also, whoever is killing an ox or a lamb or a goat, they all have to do it at the Entrance of the tent, so that means all our sacrifice, all the offering, our prayer, our worship, all has to be directed to the Lord. And as we access the power of the precious blood of Jesus, it will also have a limitation on our everyday life, on our. Eating habit, and so we cannot be casual in those things. So here in chapter fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen, actually is all talking about one thing. It's talking about the power of the precious blood of Jesus. So today, as we are reading these three chapters, maybe it's a lot of content, but you can pray that Lord, may you give me wisdom, give me patience, and also give me revelation, so I can understand the guidance from your word. So in chapter fifteen is talking about the bodily discharge. For men, there is this issue about bodily discharge, and for women, they have mens. And so from verse two, twelve, verse fifteen is talking about when any man has a discharge from his body. So what does it mean for a man has a discharge? It means his semen is being discharged without control, and so that is telling us that sometimes in our life it will drain away our life. And then in verse sixteen to Eighteen is talking about the sexual intercourse between husbands and wife, and again there will be issues like the discharge or of semen, or maybe it's a miscarriage, these kind of things. And then from verse nineteen to verse thirty-three is to tell us how should we regard the mens from woman. All these things are actually just telling us one thing. So for the semen and also the eggs from the woman, they all represents life. So for a man, if he has this abnormal 
normal discharge of semen and for women aside from her normal men's also have abnormal discharge of blood all these things are abnormal bodily discharge or the discharge of blood so through all these diseases actually reminding us that for our life we might also have these bodily discharge issue because for semen and egg they all represents the power of the life and the sexual intercourse between husbands and wives is the continuation of life so here in chapter 15 is to tell us that we as a christian if we don't stay alert there are actually many things that might drain away our life and this is actually very dangerous so what would drain our life and cause our life to be discharged away like for example gossiping or maybe something that um, my weaknesses in my life that I don't care about or maybe a life without self-control or maybe in my life I did not notice I'm under attack from Satan or maybe some curses in my bloodline from my family line I have to be careful about all these things and I have to stop all the breaches in my life so I have to restrict my words I have to restrict my minds my thoughts and I also need to have self-control in my life so that's why for a man he has to see what are something that is draining away our life away and for a woman through the abnormal bleeding through these sicknesses she can see that her life is also being drained away so what does it mean for someone's life is being drained away? You can start to take notice after since you became a Christian till now, have you been bearing fruit of life? Are you bearing fruit of the gospel? Have you ever been able to build up someone's life to feed to their life to speak and help them to grow? And in your relationship, either in the marketplace or in your marriage, is there anyone who receives salvation because of you? All these things is the continuation of life just like the semen of a man and the egg of a woman their combination can create a new life so similarly the body discharge from a man and the blood discharge of blood of a woman it also represents that the life of of christ is continually being drained away from his life abnormally so through these diseases to remind us that we have to be careful so today you can pray that lord may you help me and convict me and you heal all the abnormal discharge in my life maybe um, I have been married for many years but in my marriage life in my parent-child relationship there is no fruit of the Holy Spirit uh, in my relationship with my spouses we didn't help each other to love the Lord and know the Lord more and also did not lead my child to fear God more all these things are actually indicating that we are not bearing fruit so today the entire chapter 15 is to tell us that in order for our life to mature up we not only have to access the power from the precious blood of Jesus but we also need to see what are something that is draining our life away all the abnormal interaction with others my gossiping my anger my pride my contempt my fakeness my fear my insecurity shame low self-esteem all these things will drain the life of christ away from me and it will prevent me from stepping into my destiny and i will not be able to bear the fruit from the holy spirit the fruit from life even if you might be joining some of the serving and you might come to church services very regularly but your life will just be staying at the same place this is the 
this abnormal discharge in our life. And that's also why the woman with the issue of blood, she, she strives so hard to touch Jesus. And at that time, Jesus called her daughter when everyone doesn't like her, but Jesus called her daughter. It actually means that she is again accepted to the house of the Lord. So for someone with abnormal discharge or the discharge of blood, they are actually separated from God's house, just like a branches without connecting, without abiding to the true vine, it, it cannot bear fruit by itself. So the abnormal discharge and the discharge of blood is to let us see that our life is having a segregation, a separation from the abundant light of Christ. So please don't take chapter 15 lightly. And next, as we proceed to chapter 16, it's talking about the Day of Atonement. And in chapter 16, God no longer talked to both Moses and Aaron, and God only speak to Moses. So here, chapter 16 and 17, it's not a law, but it's actually a revelation of life. It's not a requirement for serving. So today, when you are reading chapter 16, you have to see that, Lord, today I want to pray for these things because this is something related to the power of gospel and it's deeply related to my life. So in verse 2, tell Aaron your brother not to come at any time in the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark so that he may not die. So it's actually reminding Aaron how his first and second son die. And so today, this thing is also very important if we did not realize that we actually need to wear the precious blood from Jesus to come to God. And then we just come in front of the Lord casually in front of this completely holy and pure God. Then it's basically like someone who is trying to touch the utility power pole without wearing any protection, without wearing any insulation. The man will surely die. So today, as we come in from the God who is the consuming fire. He is full of mercy and grace, but at the same time, he is also altogether holy and righteous. So we should not take it lightly when we come in front of the Lord to bring this heart of humility and fear of the Lord and obedience to enter into the Holy of Holies. So for the Day of Atonement at 2024, it corresponds to October 11th to 12th. But today for Christians, every day should be regarded as a Day of Atonement because we can always come in front of the Lord and rely on Him and seek Him. So next in verse 3 to verse 10, God is telling Moses how to tell Aaron to come into the holy of holies to meet with God. So here in verse 4, he shall put on the holy linen coat and shall have the linen undergarment on his body. And he shall tie the linen sash around his waist and wear the linen turban. So all these things are made with linen and the fine linen cloth is actually gray color. That means we have to take away all the beauty that God has added to us. And so today we really just come in front of the Lord just as we are humbly in front of him. And then next we have to bring two goats. So in verse 8, Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for Azazel. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord and use it as a sin offering. And the other one, the Azazel, means that our sin sin is now ascribed to the to the goat and this goat may be sent away into the wilderness and the further 
away he goes, the better. And it's actually representing as far as the east is from the west, so far does he removes our transgressions from us. And this is the meaning of Azazel. Also, before Aaron entered into the Holy of Holies, he need to first bathe his body in water in the outer court. And so here, when you, you read verse 4, this is actually the beginning of the baptisms in the New Testament. And so starting from this verse, that when the high priest, before they can come in front of the Lord, they need to bathe their body in water. And basically means that they have to come out from water. So that's why later on, in the time of the John of the Baptist, that he also calling people in front of the Lord through baptisms. And so that's why Jesus says, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness, to fulfill all the services. Jesus is calling us to come and satisfy God's heart. It's the same thing as Leviticus chapter 16 verse 4, through offering and sacrifice and then through bathing our body in water, God has this desire that he wants all people to come in front of him without any hindrance from sin. So through bathing our body through water to come in front of God. So Jesus knows the heart of the Abba Father. So that's why he taught John the Baptist and he also taught us that today when we receive the baptism is as if we are enter into the Holy of Holies to meet with God. So come, let us satisfy the heart of Abba Father to fulfill all righteousness. It's not that I have to do this um, ceremony, uh, some Christian ceremony that I need to be baptized so that I can enter into the heaven. No, the most important point for the baptism is for us to satisfy the heart of the Abba Father because he wants to dwell inside us. He wants us to be in unity with him. This is the the greatest well of father's heart. So today their families, you can see that chapter Leviticus chapter 16 is actually about gospel. And you can see the huge hope that God's desire to meet with us so that today to bathe our body with water so we can pray that today, Lord, I am now a baptized Christian. May you wash me clean again through water. In the past, when I received baptism, it's just because I want to enter into this faith. I want to come to church. But today, may you wash me again with the water so that I can satisfy your heart. I want to draw near to you. I want to meet you face to face in the Holy of Holies. And next, from verse 11 to 14, Aaron is entering into the tent for the first time. Before that, he has to first offer a sin offering for his own sin. And then he shall sprinkle the blood with his finger on the front of the mercy seat for seven times. So he has to sprinkle the blood in front of the mercy seats. It's for himself. But later on from verse 15 to 19, it's the second time when he entered into the veil. is to cleanse the altar and consecrate it from the uncleanness of the people of Israel. So the second time when he entered, he sprinkled the blood on the altar of incense. It's basically prayer. So these two actions are actually very important. It's also the same thing that we can do today. As we enter the tent, we ask God to cleanse us with his water. And the second thing is that, Lord, may you cleanse me with your precious blood today and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat in front of the mercy seat. That means I'm no longer being accused by my sin. Through the cleansing of the precious blood today, I can hear what you want to tell me. So, you know, oftentimes, Christian nowadays, they can't hear the 
speaking from the Lord. And sometimes we feel that in each guidance, Lord, how come when I pray and ask you to guide me, why I can't hear your voice? So that we start to ask others to find the pastor, find the prophets, as if God speaks to them more and God doesn't want to speak to me. No, that's not the case. Today, you can come in front of the Lord and ask God, Lord, I truly bring myself to you. I access the precious blood of Jesus to cleanse all my sin. I want to come before your ark of covenant. I want to come before your mercy seat and you will speak to me there. That is the meaning of to sprinkle of the blood on the mercy seat. Your precious blood is sprinkled on me and your precious blood cleansed me. I want to hear your voice. So today, when you pray for yourself, you pray for your family or your sons and daughters or for your church, you can always do these things that I myself, I first being cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus so that I can understand and hear his voice and his guidance. I can understand his pruning, his reproach, his conviction, his ruling, his comfort, and even his nourishing. I can understand. And next from verse 15 to 19 is that to enter into the veil for the second time is for all the uncleanness of Israel is to come in from the altar of the incense so that it's our prayer that as we are sprinkling the blood blood that Lord my prayer will no longer be hindered by anything Lord may my prayer be able to touch your will may my prayer to be able to satisfy your heart so that my prayer can truly bring a cleansing to my family to my church and to my city to my country so that I can pray for my church pray for Israel pray for Jewish people Lord today I want to come in front of you like a priest I'm accessing your precious blood I pray for my family my church I pray for the one who needs your salvation. I pray for the salvation of the Jewish people. Pray for the peace of Israel. Today, this is the thing that we as a priest, we should do. We as a New Testament era priest, we have to do these things. Please ask yourself, when was the last time that you pray for others? You know, oftentimes in our small group, we just pray for each other's need. But oftentimes we forget to pray for our church, to pray for our pastors, to pray for the people who pastor us, to pray for our small group leader. Today, we as a priest, we also pray for our sons and daughters. We pray for the sin of Israel. We pray for the salvation of Jewish people and the peace of Israel. And to pray for our city, our country, pray for the mercy and the forgiveness from the Lord for our country. This is what a priest, when he entered into the veil for the second time, what he should be doing. And so that's why the high priest has to enter into the tent for two times. So today, we always can ask God to forgive me and to bless me, praise the Lord, and that we, as long as my family is good, then it's good. But we forgot that we should also enter into the Holy of Holy for the second time to pray for our church. This is something that we as a priest should do. We first enter into the tent for our own sin and then we enter a tent again for the sin of the people. This is the most glorious calling of God for a priest. So today you can also ask God, Lord, may you help me, give me this grace so that I can also perform the duty as a priest. And next from verse 20 and 22 is to remind us the goat of the Azazel, he bears all the sin of people. So the lamb who was slain is Jesus Christ. But here also this goat, the Azazel, is 
actually he means to depart to be away. This is also Jesus Christ, because when we lay hands on his goat, then all the sins of the people now is on this goat, and this goat is being cast out into the wilderness, and he left us with our sin. So today, this goat he might fall down from a cliff. It's just like Jesus, he died for us. So today we can pray that Lord, if there's any sin in me, in my family, in my church, I can pray that Lord, may you help us to. Get this sin away from us, and we can access your precious blood, your mercy, your cleansing, forgiveness, so that this sin can really be far away from us, as far as the east is from the west. So far does He remove our transgressions from us, as high as the heavens are above the earth. So great is His steadfast love towards those who fear Him. This is our prayer to the Lord today. So next, in verse twenty-three to twenty-eight, again He bathed His body in water. And then he put on his garment, and then left the tent, and offered his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people, and make atonement for himself and for the people. So now the relationship is being restored, so we can come in from the Lord and all completely offering up ourselves to Him to have this worship to enjoy the relationship with God. And here, this word to bathe his body in water has been. Appearing in the book of Leviticus repetitively, and so in chapter sixteen is to remind us that we need to constantly being cleansed so that our prayer can be without hindrance, so that our family can be covered and forgiven by the Lord. So either it's this year or today or our entire life, we can always be under the cover of Jesus' precious blood. And next, chapter verse twenty nine to thirty one. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict yourselves and shall not do work. So, based on nowadays calendar, it corresponds to October eleventh. So we can fast on this day. If you have this heart, this burden that you want your family to receive salvation, maybe it's for our sons and daughters, for them to keep living in front of the Lord. Maybe they work in other states, and you don't know. If they have sinned against God in their everyday life, we as parents, as spiritual parents, as spiritual authority, we have to frequently fast and pray for the people who we are leading. This is something that we should do, and we can also teach our people to fast and to afflict ourselves in front of the Lord. We should not take the bondage of sin on our life lightly. So today we can pray to the Lord if it's possible. Help me that within a week or in a month I can spend one or two days to. Fast in front of you to have this practice, so to ask for your cleansing. So for us, the Foreigner Christian Church, the first. Week of each month, from Monday to Wednesday, we have this bridegroom fast. So this fasting is not a restriction; it's not a bondage. It's actually to inspire this desire in our heart for us to desire the second coming of Jesus, to have this desire, so that we can afflict ourselves to know God's will even more, so that our prayer would not be hindered. So. Through this practice, if you are willing, we also invite you to join us the first week of each month from Monday to Wednesday. Let's have this bridegroom fast to wait for our bridegroom who is coming again. And next, we enter into chapter seventeen. Here is telling us that when we are killing the ox or a lamb or even just offering up a bird, in all these process, we have to be. 
done at the entrance of the tent of the meeting in front of the tabernacle of the Lord is to tell us that we shouldn't take it lightly, the power of the blood. So today, you might say that, oh, it's I can also offer the sacrifice in front of my house. Why do I necessarily have to be at the entrance of the tent of the meeting? Basically, all you care about is your own convenience. But actually, chapter 17 is to tell us that sometimes we despise, we overlook the power of the precious blood of Jesus. In chapter 16, it's telling us the power of the gospel. In chapter 17, is to tell us the power of the precious blood of Jesus. So that's why it's specifically mentioned that we cannot do it at any places, but only at the entrance of the tent of the meeting, is to tell us that only through, only when we enter into the precious blood of Jesus, when we enter into God's salvation, we access this precious blood, that in this process, when we are killing the ox and the goat, that through this blood, we can receive cleansing. When we access the power of the precious blood of Jesus, we can bring cleansing so that we will not be like what is written in the book of Hebrews, that we will nail Jesus again on the cross, that we sin against God and we forsake gospel. This is actually a very serious sin. And next in verse 5 to 7, tell us to bring our offering to the entrance of the tent of the meeting is to remind us that all our worship can only be directed to God and cannot be directed to evil so that for it's important for us to keep staying in the church that is connected to the Lord and to plant ourselves in a faithful community is very important. And next in verse 8 to 11, another thing is talking about strangers. From 8 to 9, it says strangers who sojourn among them can offer a burnt offering or sacrifice, but has to bring it to the entrance of the tent of the meeting. And next in verse 10 to 11, it says the strangers cannot eat blood. So what are these four verses talking about. So here, if we look at this term, the stranger, maybe it's talking about the ones who are sojourning among Israel. Maybe at the time of Exodus, some of the slaves, they also leave Egypt with them. And so today in the New Testament era, the meaning of these strangers, it can mean some of our friends around us, or maybe some people in our family who was not saved. To today, when we are praying in front of the Lord, we can also invite them to join the prayer, invite them to join the worship, invite them to wait upon the Lord and to practice praises. They can also offer up the sacrifice and actually God accept the sacrifice from the strangers, even though they are strangers, but as long as their heart is directed towards to God. Maybe they haven't been baptized under Jesus' name. Maybe they don't know God fully, but through our faithfulness in front of the Lord, our life can also affect them to bring them to Christ. However, here it says they cannot eat blood. It means that we have to value the salvation from the precious blood of Jesus. It's also talking about the fear of the Lord. So today we shouldn't allow our non-believing family members or friends to despise these things. Sometimes our sharing at our family when we are accessing the precious blood of Jesus, when we break the bread, when we are eating, taking communion, sometimes people will just feel that, oh, it is just a ceremony. For the unbeliever, they'll think that, oh, it's just something mystical. Oh, what does it mean to break the bread, to drink the cup? But today we have to tell them that today when we um, believe in Jesus, when we got baptized, break the bread, and access the precious blood of Jesus, the power associated with that. And we have to express this fear 
to the precious blood. So when we are sharing with our family, we need to be very cautious so that we will not let our family, the unbelieving family or unbelieving friends, that when they see what we do, we would not make them fall and make them despise the power of the blood. So this is actually very important. So their families, may the Lord bless us today. When we are accessing the blood of the Jesus, we access the power, we can also have the same wisdom to know how to share, how to testify the salvation of Jesus in our life. And next from verse 12 to 16 is to tell us that we shall not eat blood. In Torah, it mentions seven times that we shall not eat blood. It's because in blood there is life. And even for Paul, when he is sharing the gospel to the Gentiles, he also talk about that we shall not eat blood. So why do we need to stress this point so much? And But at the same time, in the New Testament, but Jesus says that you can drink, you have to drink my blood. So that is definitely something really shocking to all the disciples at that time because they have been keeping the Torah for so long that we shall not eat blood. But how come in the New Testament you are suddenly telling us that we have to drink your blood. It sounds very scary. And Jesus said that when you drink his blood, then it means you are partaking in him. So it's actually led us to see that when we eat blood, it's actually to have this connection, to be connected with the life of Jesus. So that's why we as a Christians, we don't eat blood. It's because we want to be consecrated in our life. We want to have this wall, this protection in our heart so that all the corruption from the world, from the Gentile, they will not affect our life. So please think about it from chapter 15 to 17. It's everything that's being mentioned in these three chapters is telling us that that we shall not corrupt, we shall not disdain the tent of the meeting. We should not disdain the tabernacle. For the people who have the issue of blood, have the discharge, they should be cleansed, lest they corrupt or contaminate the tabernacle. In chapter 16, before we enter the tabernacle, we need to be cleansed by the blood, cleansed by the water, lest we corrupt the tabernacle. And then in chapter 17, we have to recognize the power of the blood. We shall not eat blood so that we will not disdain, corrupt his tabernacle. So today, sometimes Christians will feel that, oh, it's okay for me to gossip a little bit, to have some temper, to have some conflict with others, to have some unforgiveness in my heart, or even not fully understanding the gospel and doesn't have a fear of the Lord at church. And But today, all these things, actually, it's not just your personal thing. All these things will corrupt, will make the tabernacle unclean. So today, God wants us to see that we are connected with the tabernacle just like a Christian is connected to the church. So today, what any one of us sin is actually corrupting, is actually making the tabernacle unclean. We need to have this true knowledge so that we will know to pray that, Lord, I need to partake your blood. So today, may your blood truly cleanse me radically. And also, I will only partake your blood and I will not eat the blood from the world. I will not eat the blood from the offering, from the world, from the Gentiles. And so that basically means that my life has no connection at all with a worldly life. I only want to have connection with the life of Jesus. And that's the meaning of eating blood. So today in the New Testament, or maybe in the book of Corinthians, maybe we eat whatever thing that 
people offer to us, we can receive it with thanksgiving. But regarding eating blood, we have to be very careful that, for example, some common thing like the duck blood, the pig blood. Today, we have to know that we don't eat those bloods is to tell everyone that I will only partake the blood of Jesus and my life is fully belong to God. Jesus is my only passion and I am his beloved bride. So I'm willing to not eat those things because of love. It's not because of my personal habit. It's not because of health concern. It's because I love Jesus. So I'm determined to set this boundary in my eating habit, in my life, in my relationship, in my heart. I will set this boundary. That's the meaning of being consecrated. Amen. Dear families, we hope that you enjoy the Bible race as much as we do. If you are willing to volunteer to translate the original Chinese teaching into English or assist with video editing, please email service at 360sunrise.com. Thank you.